Hello and welcome to the Irish NFL show. Thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please vote with your fingers and rate, review or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Every click, every like and every positive review and every additional subscriber really does make a huge difference. It helps others to find the show and we really do appreciate it. We'd also love to see you at our upcoming live show at Busker's On The Ball Temple Bar in Dublin on August 21st with our special guest, Sky Sports NFL analyst Phoebe Schechter. Full details on the website and on our social channels and tickets are available on eventbrite.ie. We'd love to see you then. Now, on with today's show. Welcome into the Irish NFL show. We are one month away from the new NFL season and whilst we'll have preseason games kicking off later this week, nothing is the same as the NFL season itself and certainly nothing is the same as betting on, on real-life NFL and for fans across Ireland, UK, Europe, the opportunity to have a bet during the NFL season comes kind of uh, transitionally week to week. Uh, it's a delight to have Brant James join me to discuss all the betting aspects ahead of the new season. Brant, senior writer for Gaming Today and Katina Media. Brant, you're very welcome to the Irish NFL show. Oh, thanks for having me. This is going to be a lot of fun, I'm sure. Yeah, I'd love to know what your day-to-day activities are this time of year. Obviously, going through the off-season, and I suppose as we hammer towards the, the new season and people start taking a real interest in the NFL and a real interest at, on the betting aspect of the game. I mean, how do you kind of digest what's happened during the off-season and kind of put that into how you do your job day to day. Yeah. I mean, basically, um, you know, f- football, uh, it, it rules the roost, uh, in, in the U S and increasingly in other countries, you know, as far as, uh, betting in the U S it's, it's actually only the, the second biggest market behind basketball, which has a lot more games, but it's more frantically followed, but you know, baseball season is great, but from a, you know, a, a betting perspective, hockey is great. Everything is either, uh, football season or it's not um, and once the season is, is over uh, you're preparing for the drafts and you try to figure out how this is going to move betting lines and how this is going to be analyzed and uh, obviously as you know we're in the camp and pretty soon we're going to have games that don't count that lead very quickly into the games that do and uh, it, it seems to go fast because it it rolls the media cycle here uh, you know with fantasy football and betting but it's definitely the most popular sport um, to follow here, and um, it's getting really close now. Yeah, I, I just wanted to touch briefly on, on you touched on it there, like in terms of the, I suppose, the excitement of a new season and the aspect of the betting from an NFL. Like, as down, it's the most you know, grossing sports to, to bet on, uh, never mind pre-game, but you know, within the game. And was baseball over the course of the last few months have done things to reduce the the, you know the period of a game with the with the supposed to reduce those seconds. Have you seen like from a baseball perspective, betting wise, is that kind of encourage people to get more involved, or is, it, or is it still very much the landscape of betting in America is was people tip their toe in the water for baseball or the NBA? Ultimately, when it comes to the NFL season, the mm-hmm. the level of engagement and interest that what transpires is way above anything else. Yeah, for sure. Uh, In game betting, micro betting is. You know, the gaming industry hopes that's the future. Of course, that's what you can bet on the outcome of pitch. You can literally um, ball strike, ball play, home run. Uh, I was interviewing uh, an executive from a, a betting uh, group, um, Tipico. Um, I think they're very large in Germany, but they, they're in a couple states over here. And they uh, noted some incredible explosive growth uh, year over year in in-game betting in baseball. And um, 
that's interesting to note because with the pitch clock, games have gotten a little quicker, but folks are more interested in sometimes these bets are a nickel. I mean, you know, people just want to be right sometimes. It's part of the fun watching their team and being right. Uh, but there has been a big increase in it. Um, the problem uh, in the U.S., and I presume globally, but really in the U.S., uh, there is latency, not to get too wonky on it, but it's the lag uh, from uh, something actually happening to getting digitized in TV, bouncing off satellite and landing on your television. Um, the, the digital, the digital uh, information can go very fast, almost instantaneously, instantaneously from A to B, way faster than the TV signal. So you can be trying to place a bet and your bet gets denied and you wonder why. Well, that, the thing you're betting on happened 15 seconds ago. So, it, you know, the bet will probably get refused. Um, but it has, there's still been an increase with that in-game betting in baseball and uh, football. It, it's increased too, but it, there does seem to be a trend that there's more betting happening uh, during commercials, but still an increase. Yeah, I have noticed it. Even on the side of the world, in terms of watching a baseball game, well, you might you may be watching the game streaming through that particular betting website, but immediately it's suspended, and you're asking why, and then obviously the pitch, the pitch is taken, the ball is struck, it's a struck, and then you, you quickly recognise as to why that's happened. But uh, I didn't have you on for for NFL purposes, more so the baseball, but it was just an interesting thing. I've noticed the dynamic change over the course of a, of a baseball season since the time clock was introduced. Yeah. But we touched on it there. I mean, three or four years ago, betting on the NFL and no matter where you were in the world, was very much focused on money line, the line on the game, whether that had spread from two to seven points or whatever. We've seen, you know, astronomical favorites minus 20 points in some games, you know, over the course of the last four to five years. And then you had the totals. And for a lot of people, that they're comfortable with that. They, they're they happy to digest their Sunday by placing accumulator bets to see if, you know, three or four teams will win the games. But what we've recognized inside the world is the appetite to be betting on NFL during games. You know, you know, with its first quarter bet first quarter betting, halftime betting, betting on the next first down, betting on who's gonna score a touchdown. Like it's just the, the length and breadth of availability and options here is just completely surpassed anything that I would have made four to five years ago. It, like are you taken back by the enormity of what's happened over the course of the four to five years since the states allow different states to as well, occupy people's weekends, you know, giving them access to place the bets. Has it gone far beyond what you were expected three or, three or four years ago, or is it the gradual growth as, as you expected? No, it, it, it's absolutely been faster than anyone uh, regulators or sports books expected here. Just, you know, just a little more than five years. I think everyone thought maybe 15 states. Um, there's 39 states now there's nine jurisdictions I always have to throw that in for the district of columbia and puerto rico uh in some stage of implementation and legalization uh, we're 30 plus states and most of those are uh using mobile betting so computers and your phone which really facilitates this you know micro betting in-game betting like we were talking about um it's you know it's it's part of the second screen uh entertainment opportunity you know you root for your team and, you know, maybe put a buck on something be happy, be right, you know, be a dollar richer all the same time. And I wouldn't, I'd stumbled upon some, some research. It's actually very new. And this, this will give you an idea of how popular this is becoming in the United States anecdotally, even though this is only a couple of sports books, um, in the last, uh, couple of weeks uh, and into the playoffs of the uh, NFL playoffs last year before the Super Bowl, simple bet 
uh, through Caesars and Bet365 uh, really started to track uh, in-game markets. And uh, on the who will score a touchdown on this drive, what player will score uh, 1.5 million uh, in betting handle during the playoffs. And, um, you know, there, there was another, uh, just what was going to be the result of the play, uh, touchdown, field goal, fumble, or, you know, turnover, whatever. 1.3 million can handle just from those couple of sports books. So assuming these aren't large bets, that's a lot of volume. And we're talking about play clocks in baseball, but like obviously within that 40 second period between the force down to the second down or whenever the particular play that transpires, whether it's a new force down for that, for the, for the, the person that take the time and kind of scrutinize what they're watching so quickly to recognize what they think is going to be the most appropriate play. I mean, it's quite, it's quite bizarre in a way, you know, someone within 20 seconds has to make a quick decision and essentially is, is financing that decision very, very quickly. I would imagine there's some tense decisions and probably some decisions are made that, that benefit the sports books uh, somewhere emotion uh, kicks in and uh, somewhere you just don't have time to process uh, and, and make a rational decision, which is, you know, why Vegas has shiny hotels, casinos are large and filled with nice hotel rooms. Do, do you think um, the betting companies themselves are more keen to have people bet during the game? Because as, as you said, sometimes they could tend to be more an emotional decision yeah. rather than a constructive kind of strategic move where before a game, where there's someone that's just probably placing, and potentially playing some size role with amounts of money on games, they're more eating to recognize the, the line, the total, what's, what's transported throughout the week in terms of injuries. Sometimes we've seen in NFL games some team could start off really well, but gradually over the course of the four quarters, the team who are expected to win comes back, not necessarily covering the line that's the spread that's on offer before the game. Are, are the bookies, the betting companies, going to shy away from those people because they're open there and are more likely to win rather than the guys who are betting throughout the course of the game? Is that fair to say? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, Jason Robbins, the CEO of DraftKings, has said it, and, and no one is shy about it. Uh, CEOs of sports betting companies over here said that they want to take the skill out of sports bets and gamify it with a, uh, an eye casino spin of a wheel. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Uh, people who put down a lot of money on large bets before the games have been studying this and they may very well think that they're doing this for a job where DraftKings, FanDuel, whoever, they, uh, they very much want you to flip through this like Instagram or TikTok. And even if you're only putting down a dime, you do it really quickly. And you're a fan who's doing it because you know you're on your phone anyway. Maybe get a little bored, and it's just part of being a fan now. If it's legal, you know, in your state, yeah. I mean, those dimes all add up. Those create great profits for for those sports books. So you know, they want it to be sort of a you know candy crush, uh, like like a video, like a, a phone app, where it's just something you do. And if you turn a nickel into a, a dollar fifty, where you're just ecstatic and you're probably going to keep going. It's, it's, yeah, it's just part of the, the second screen experience. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you've got the nice red zone on for seven hours on a Sunday where you can literally be, you know, essentially betting from one game to the next within the, in, within the course of 45 minutes and still got to see what's happening throughout the course of those games. Yeah, the NFL looks so like and all on top of each other. It's, it's, it, you know, the NFL is just brilliant. They, they, they rule almost every news cycle of sports in the United States almost every single day with salt. And now they're they're just taking over your brain even more on NFL Sundays and Thursdays and Mondays. 
Well, we have fantasy leagues and we have the real leagues and then people suggest who wins the off-season league and, and a lot of people feel that the Jets have won the off-season league and Don Payton obviously did his article with USA Today recently and what transpired over the course of the few weeks maybe gave people a lot, a lot to talk about going into the training camps. But um, just looking at the odds for the Super Bowl, I'm interested in what, what the level of involvement from a bet perspective is in the States because I find here in, in Ireland there's like a lot of people will find Andy Poe's betting before the season starts. Like they're very keen to get involved throughout the course of the season, but they're very keen to have what they believe is a kind of a security blanket bet throughout the course of the season. And I suppose it's when it's their team or not, it's some team that they can potentially root for and keep it and keep a focus on. And the Jets are fourteen to one. Uh, these bets are obviously taken from uh, the, a local betting uh, company within the Republic of Ireland, but they're fourteen to one, and some people feel they're overpriced now. I'd imagine the pricing, obviously, ultimately it transpires from what Vegas put together. But um, are people should people be sold on this Jets of fourteen to one as a, as an interest throughout the course of the season? Because they've done a lot to, to, to uh, in the off season. They brought in Aaron Rodgers, various sort of players to put around them. I would have thought they'd be a little bit closer to the other teams, bearing in mind the level of activity they have. Are they are they a bit of a standout price to kind of run it close and, and be certainly challenging within the NFC? I mean, yeah, I'm looking at sort of the aggregator over here, and you know, I had I tried to get my mind around fractional odds again. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, of course. But yeah, I'm looking at, at plus uh, plus fifteen forty uh, over here. A little bit more, a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know everything that a New York team does. I think you have to run it to the, the New York hype machine and all the very excited sportscasters who live in New York, like um, you know, Mike Greenberg. At ESPN, like literally, I think he, he literally wore a Jets jersey on his show one day. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, it's a talented team. Um, they could add a few more guys. Certainly, there's there's a running backs out there that would like to work and probably like to work in New York. But I don't know. I, I don't believe in like look at that division. That yeah. that division's really tough. I mean, pe- people, you know, they, if they bet out on go to the Super Bowl, I think yeah, that team almost has to win the division i mean look at look at the dolphins there i mean you a team called the bills there i mean you got to get a foundation of wins from your division and uh i i when we were i knew we were going to talk about this i call i called up their schedule i mean look at yeah, the, you know, i can pretty much call it off yeah i we did it yeah. we had a segment last week on the jets in terms of their schedule like it's unbelievable yeah center off bills Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos, and then Eagles, and then you get a real emotional one against the Gi- the Giants. How many wins are in there for sure? How many wins are, are guaranteed? Patriots probably. Broncos. Do you, Brian, do you think there's a you think there's a betting firm in the states that would take a bet on what people believe to be their their um, their wins losses by the time they reach their bye week, which I believe is in week seven, week six, give or take. Okay. Yeah, I mean that'd be interesting. It's too it's difficult to start. Yeah, I mean it. They could be on a tailspin by the very beginning. I mean, and then Aaron Rodgers starts moping, and if the New York Post gets all over him, I mean it's just as things get very happy and very sad there very quickly. Like, just look at the Yankees season. Um, it's fascinating. I mean the over under. The aggregate on their, you see, over, over nine and a half wins at a lot of sports books is uh, minus one twenty two. Oh my goodness! No, I don't believe it. Yeah, the reason I think it started out at eleven. So, but that's that's kind of the the ballpark marker for 
I'd imagine for most Jets fans, getting to the playoffs doesn't be bearing in mind how long it's been since they've been in the playoffs should be deemed to be a success. But this kind of road, this train keeps going on, and it's only I suppose it's only intensified over the course of the last week. Which I you know, like, no, no, do, 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 do three playoff teams come out of the East? I mean, unless something terrible happens to the to the Dolphins and Hills. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm it, I'm going to definitely watch, but I, I'm not going to believe. I'm going to throw a few more actually because obviously I, I'm I'm dealing with actually but uh, Chiefs. Um, I think they're in the states plus plus six hundred. Eagles are plus eight hundred. Niners plus nine hundred. Bengals plus eleven hundred, give or take. And mm-hmm. come next. I mean, what's if you were looking at that now, like, is it the obvious ones really? Like the Chiefs and the Eagles are, are they primed to run it back and be the be representation again? Or yeah, I mean, I think so. Below. I think so. I, I, you know, they they have so much talent that they've just they've been around. And the Eagles were a couple of calls from you know last year. The Bills talented. You know, we have a, a tendency to discount them because they always just seem to step on their foot when it really matters, but. But 49ers, I mean, I still wonder about their, their quarterback situation with, with Lance and Purdy. I mean, the old adage is if you have how many quarterbacks do you have if you have two? And the answer is zero. But I don't know. You don't know what you're going to get from Lance. He's, he's hurt a lot. Purdy's coming back from an arm injury that's severe, obviously. But to me, the really interesting one, if I was going to uh, chase somebody in that top group, the Bengals at plus uh, you know, 1040, you know, no matter if Burrow got carted off with an injured calf in August or yeah. not, pretty attractive. Yeah, bear in mind like they are one of the clear favorites to be facing the Chiefs in the AFC AFC Championship game. If not, if not the Bills, you you you're saying you're banking on them being in the playoffs and you're taking a really attractive price. Um, ironically, you touched on the 49ers there. Of all the divisions, the 49ers are the favorites. Like they're, they're the standout favorites in terms of the price. Um, even more so than the Chiefs to win the AFC West on this side of the world, the Chiefs or Eagles are, sorry, 49 are clear favors compared to all the other pricing. I just wanted to ask you about divisional pricing because, yeah. and I, more so about the NFC North. Uh, the Lions are favorites this year to win the North. A lot of people bought into the Dan Campbell experience, and I recognize why. I, I, we saw what came last season, and it would have been exciting to see them in the playoffs. It didn't play out that way in the, in the final weekend of the season. And I, we were fortunate to interview Harrison Smith on our show last week from the Vikings, and the Vikings are second favorite for the division, and people are discounting the season in which they had because they won so many close games. Is, is it unfair for them not to be favorites for that division? Like they're three to one plus three hundred this side of the world. Is that a, that an attractive price for a division just to win a division? Yeah, I, I think the Vikings are getting discounted there a little bit, but you're you're right. The Lions are really an exciting team. They've been on the verge. Uh, I mean, talk about you know a gambler. I mean, their their coach uh, is. We'll just take risks. The the team obviously appreciates it. Um, they they seem ready, you know, for a, a run. Um, but yeah, it, it's still tough just to say not the Vikings just because. Well, why? And, you know that there are valid reasons there to believe that the Vikings can still win that win that division. Um, Kirk Cousins, though, man, I don't know the big one. <laughs> it's a big game. Uh, the guy just seems to leave it in the locker room. I don't know. Yeah, having watched the uh, the quarterback series, which many many a person has, he, he was when he drove off from the, his loss in the wild card game against the Giants, he, he said, "I left too many plays out there." But that seems to be the common team when it comes to Kirk Cousins, unfortunately, over the over the course of his career, that seems to be the recurring team. I just want to ask you, from your own perspective, is there a team 
who you think should be rightly favoured that aren't, or is there a team that you think actually could surprise people? In terms of just running for the division this year, like the same is wide open. But we yeah. buy into the Derek Carr, Derek Carr with the Saints. I, I, if, if we're talking about the, the entire league, I just, I think just watch the Dolphins. I mean, it, it should be the Bills. It should be. But if it's a healthy Tua, uh, I think they could give them a run. Um, to me, that that's a really interesting uh, setup between those two there. And that first meeting is going to be uh, really interesting. And you were mentioning, you know, the NFC West. Yeah, the, the Niners on paper, they should win that. Um, you know, the Seahawks were up last year. You could maybe look for a regression, you know, year two with Geno Smith. Um, they're dinged up. They're dinged up in the running back room, um, you know, heading into the season. It's got to be out a bit before we get there, but you know, Kyler Murray is, was awful and then got hurt. They're trying to aim for him week one. Um, that looks like it could be just a, a really bad team, and and the Rams are still paying the mortgage on, on the Super Bowl. So, I don't know. Interesting there. I am. I just want to run a few games past you for week one in particular because, it, you know, already people, the interest is gathering. People are placing bets on week one. Looking at some of the lines, the bet spreads that are out there. I mean, I'll start with the Ravens. Like the Texans are going to go into Baltimore with it, you know, with their, with their quarterback's second pick in, in CJ Stroud and is that too big a task? Like the Ravens are the highest spread that weekend of the opening weekend. They're minus nine and a half points. I think a lot of people are buying into the fact that Lamar Jackson has signed the contract and we see we should see a more comfortable season for the Ravens. No start eyes off the field. It's just like bearing in mind where the Texans are and they've done a they have done some nice things off the during the offseason to kind of build this team up under uh Emiko Lions. But it's just too big a task, like minus nine and a half. Is that is that where like you would look at the weekend of the opening season see that's where the sharp money will be going? Yeah, that's a lot. Nine's a lot in the NFL, and and it's funny um, how just again how the NFL is just so nitpicked and so scrutinized. Uh, it came across the ESPN crawl the other day that uh, Lamar Jackson had thrown four interceptions in a practice in a, in a practice. Uh, like, oh my goodness, this changes everything. But nine, I mean, C.J. Stroud, yeah, rookie, but you know, this this guy could be the the next the second coming here. I. I he could come out and light it up. You just don't know. I, I'm definitely not betting, <laughs> betting the Ravens and, and the points in that one. I think, yeah, I think uh, there could be some smart, uh, sharp money coming in on the Texans just to uh, see what's happening over there. And, and nine, just so many. And I'll show, I've been interested to get your thoughts on a few of them. So, um, like you touched on it there, the NFC West, and you, you spoke about the, the Cardinals, and I think this is going to come. I'm feeling across every every fan and every various different outlets that idols could be in the running for the first pick in the draft next year. They, they look like they are the worst team. And, uh, you know, whether St. Conan Murray will play week one, the likelihood is you'll have to sit out a few games and Colin McCoy will start the season. You're going to Washington, new owners, Ron Rivera may be on the hot seat this season. Minus six, less than a touchdown. To me, that looks one of the gimmies of the weekend. I mean, well, we've seen so many times in week one, people shock us and we're kind of thinking that was never the way it was, it was supposed to be. Is minus six less than a touchdown at home for, for the commanders? Looks, look to me, that looks, that looks attractive. I, I agree. I agree. If, if Goodwill could win a football game, the uh, commanders fans would, would just will them to victory, having gotten uh, Dan Snyder out of town and, and, the, and the new regime in. I mean, it's it's going to be Sam Howell, a quarterback for, for the commanders, though. So that's you have to temper expectations, but again, 
Kyler Murray was was bad before he got hurt, and they're aiming toward Week One. But this this team just looks like they're set up to be awful, it's like a, a tank, but not a tank, to, to go after one of the really great quarterbacks in the next NFL draft. Supposedly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I feel pretty good about the Commanders there. Nobody ever tanks in the NFL. No, oh no, that's against the rule. Certainly not at the start of the season, I imagine. But things may vary in each case. Come week fourteen, week fifteen, and things are navigating the way in which it, they may seem in terms of that number one pick for next year and that quarterback. Everybody is just talking about. Um, I threw another one in. I was I was keen to get your thoughts on because the, like no matter how how often the Rams play the Seahawks, and it's flipped a number of times. I mean, last season was well, Seattle had a really strong season, made the playoffs. The Rams ran them close in both games. They, they played each other, but late in the season. And it took late scores. And in fact, the last game, I think, went to overtime. Week 18 of the season. Minus five and a half at home for the Seahawks with expectations that they're going to be strong this season. They've improved their defense. Connor Mac Witherspoon's highly, highly rated. And they're coming off a really strong season. And you just saw the Rams still paying that mortgage on the Super Bowl. I mean, is this another one that people will look at over the course of the first weekend of the season and say, I really want to be on the Seahawks at home, 12th man, their yeah. expectations, and the Rams are struggling. Oh, yeah, I, I think so. Um, in theory, uh, the Seahawks' defense has, has been improved. Bobby Wagner came back. There's some additions there. Um, granted, uh, basically the, the entire Seahawks running back room is dinged up uh, now, but the news has been fairly good about them getting back on the field. Uh, if they can play Pete Carroll football and just pound it and just give up a few less crossing you know, routes for to Cooper Cup, who... Should be fine. He got hurt in practice the other day, but he should be good to go then. Um, that number feels about right there because you're going to have the Seahawks again at home. Uh, you worry about their regression. Um, you know, Geno Smith tailed off a little bit in October, but all in all, great season. They got him a new contract. But with the style that you think that they're going to play, run the ball, play better defense, shorten the game for Rams team, that's pretty shaky. That feels about right to me. And the last one I want to challenge you, and maybe this is the one I want to ask you then, if there's any particular team you, you like that people are kind of opposed to. But I wanted to show this one at you because you touched on the Dolphins potentially being a team that could surprise people and run the Bills close. The Dolphins go on the road in week one in SoFi, which is never an aggressive place to go in terms of the fan base. You know, you probably find there'll be more Dolphins fans there than, than Chargers fans. And they're not favourites. They're like two and a half points. I think they're getting a field goal, give or take. Do you think the Dolphins will have high expectations of Justin Herbert, but Dolphins go in there and beat the Chargers on open opening weekend. Hmm. It's it's a tight one to call. That was awfully tight. Two and a half. That's what you're looking at right now. Two and a half. Yeah, give or take two and a half points. Yeah, it varies, yeah. but yeah, two and a half. So a field goal win from Chargers. You can read yeah, that. I've caught I've caught myself into it the way I talk. Uh, yeah, try to talk you into them winning the division. I, I yeah, Dolphins, Dolphins do that. That's that's not a bad plane ride, you know. Go to LA, knock one out. Yeah, I think that's good. I did the elephant. Of, uh, I think they've done the Dolphins a bit of a disservice. They week one on the road in in LA, and then they have to go to pay the Patriots in week two on the road again, before they finally get a home game. Is there any particular game of interest and note for the wrap up on week one that you're, you're taking a keen eye? I'm looking at like Panthers, Falcons. To, I say two rookie quarterbacks. Des Ritter only plays sample size of games towards yeah. the end of the season. As a rookie feeling about it, we touched on the Texans, Ravens, Bengals, Browns, like you touched on Joe Burrow wearing it with this injury. 
are the Browns a home and a nice one to be to be on against the Bengals who sometimes start slow? Joe, Joe will be fine. I think they're going to do Bengals stuff in that game. <laughs> if, if I were to look, uh, would it be? With the Vikings, the Vikings are home to the Bucks minus six points. So the Vikings, uh, you, you touched on the concerns of Kirk Cousins there. And the Bucks are, are not supposed to be, you know, having the best of seasons. If you, again, if you read what's, what's been suggested, yeah. they're going to be in, in the sweepstakes for the first pick next year as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, week one, that's technically not a big game, right? So Cousins all. You know, eat 425 yards, five touchdowns, QB rating of 150. <laughs> and he, he always plays well in the he, he always plays well in the one o'clock window, doesn't he? Oh, he loves it. He loves it. He, he he I think he likes to pretend that no one's watching. It's his thing. But how about Cowboys Giant rivalry game? Um, Cowboys. Uh, I'm looking minus three. Uh, Giants at home. How feeling Giants there? Well, I'm a Giants fan, so I can tell you where I'm going to be going on that one. But yeah, it's interesting what comes to the Cowboys because they, as I said, they allow Kenny Moore to walk away, and Mike McCarthy's going to be running a more run orientated offense. Can Tony Pollard take the nod? Bear in mind he's coming back from a serious injury. I think the Giants will be doing some nice things, and yeah, David is going to continue the trend. Hopefully, yeah, they're going to be compelling. And and if there's any, if there's any truth to the perception that we have about you know new york teams fighting for headlines and being screamed at less by the fans well giants start well jets start poorly they can become the darlings of the city life's a lot easier life's a lot easier ron just the final game i just want to get your thoughts on is the uh I suppose the, the big game within within the nfc north and you know but no matter when they play each other the bears and backers have a great tradition of, of rivalry and that they, they put them together in week one and New quarterbacks going in, Justin Fields and, and Jordan, and you know, those taking over from Rogers' expectations for Packers fans, so that they'll be up there challenging. People are maybe slightly you know, talk, talking them up, and people are very high in Justin Fields. I mean, see, I've seen some reports people are suggesting he's the, he could be MVP, and I think that's a bit early to be kind of suggested that. But what's your thoughts on that one? Because uh, whilst the Bears are favourites, I'm, I'm not comfortable with that game. Am I right? Am I right to be feeling that's. Have I lost a fate in the Bears over the course of the last three or four years? Okay. It's such a difficult not very much to take that away from you. Field field is good. Field was was very good before he got hurt. That's the problem, isn't it? Um, you know, two and a half is well within your your typical NFC North striking distance field goal at the at the whistle to win. Um, I mean, we I don't know. I I gotta see what Jordan Love can do. He he sat there so long, and sometimes you hold the clipboard and you're a star. But I, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna think. No, I'm going Packers. You're right. Talking into it, I, I think I think the Packers pull that off. Um, there's gonna be something. Jordan Love's gonna do something. Uh, I think they're gonna be out there trying to prove that that Rogers guy was pretty decent. But uh, yeah, I've tried to be talk. I've been trying to talk people into that one as well for quite some time. But you have egg on my face come week one, or, or, or I look very, I look very clever. But Brands look, it's been fantastic. It's it's so enticing. We're a month away from the season, and it gets you. It whets the appetite for a great week well, and a great season. But I, I really appreciate you taking time out to come on the Irish NFL show, talking about the betting landscape ahead of the new season. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on.